0: what is going on everybody welcome back to another serious angler podcast brought to you by our friends over at x2 power batteries as always i'm your host bailey egbert and i am solo tonight andy is actually house hunting at the moment so andy could not join us tonight uh andy's looking to uh get out of the old not not too far out of the old city of buffalo but uh far enough where he can uh actually have some space from his neighbors but also still be able to guide on lake erie and such uh, and make things much more feasible now that he's got the, the big boy boat. So he's uh, it's kind of hard to if you guys will have to have Andy take a picture of literally his driveway and the way he has to shimmy his boat in his driveway Like he maybe has like an inch at most on each side with his fence where he has to get the boat in with his name. It, it's wild. Only a <laughs> picture could do this thing justice. But uh, either way, we're hoping Andy can find something new because <laughs> he'll be much happier with it. But uh, we have a super cool guest for today. Mr. Jordan Marshall, who was a 2021 Hobie BOS AOI. And a really fast, before we bring him on, we're going to bring him on here. Quick intro for you guys. But uh, tomorrow's Lure Lab show, uh, Andy has on um, Adam Redwine. And he's going to talk about, sorry, Alex Redwine. Good grief. A lot of Adams floating around that I've been talking to you today. Uh, talking about winter jerkbait fishing. And then Tuesday of next week, uh, excuse me, sorry, Monday, Visit from the bass boat. Uh, where Adam had on Fuller from NPFL from the NPFL to talk about the new rule changes. If you guys haven't seen, it's 100 grand payout, uh, 5200 entry fee, uh, and it's like it's guaranteed and no entry fees. Pretty big stuff. So a lot of people, I think, are evaluating the NPFL right now from a, a professional fishing standpoint. He gets them on, uh, and that's going to be Monday's episode. Tuesday night live, we have Fletcher Shryack to talk about some winter flipping, punching, grass fishing. That's going to be a lot of fun. So join us next week. But without further ado, bring on our guest here, Mr. Jordan Marshall. What's going on, dude? What's up? <laughs> Man, it, it's good It's good to get you on here. And uh, I have to say, I, I was a little humbled to learn that uh, you've been listening to the show because I was sitting there and I was like, I, I remember going to the Hobie events this year. And I'm like, I'm just a crazy, you know, podcast junkie. And I'm sitting here with a bunch of hammers and I'm like, they listen to the show. Like, I mean, dude, I, it, it's, it was, it was on par to like my buddy, Mr. Jeff Gustafson saying that he listens to the shows. And I was like, okay, so maybe we do have some sort of like something going here. If you guys are listening to the show, but it's good to get you on, man.
1: I, I got you. I, I appreciate the invite. I only listen to about three shows. It's uh KBN, of course. And, uh, uh let's talk fish and uh in your show that's that's really about all i listen to so well
0: that's much pre that's a stacked lineup so we're we uh happy to be on that that's for sure dude that let's talk fish show is so underrated like i don't know their audience size but if people aren't listening to let's talk fish i mean i don't know if you have two podcast hosts and all of fishing podcasts to get better fishing information from than matt airy and brian thrift like <laughs> It's yeah,
1: yeah I, I I like both of them a lot. I, S- Smoke's one of my favorite people to sit and listen to. I remember one of the first times I was watching anything with, with what he was doing. He was like, he's like, turn that camera off. I need a sun drop and a smoke. <laughs> I, was <laughs> like, I was like, I was can get behind this guy. He's, yeah. he's just straightforward.
0: Yeah, that show is pretty cool. It's like your happy mix of like, these are one of the best in the sport mixed in with, you know, you kind of get the the human side of these, these pro athletes because – There's, it's not like to an extent of like some kids with NFL players in the fishing industry where it's different. Where you, if you go to the classic this year, you can actually meet these people where it's like a LeBron James. I mean, you're probably never going to meet him in your entire life. Uh, But it's a cool mix of like getting the human side of these guys that we idolize growing up to also, you know, the professional learning about fishing stuff from them. But regardless, dude, it's your first time on the show. Uh, Definitely not going to be the last. But for everybody that's new, you kind, of, you kind of know the deal. Everyone that's new, uh, we kind of like to talk about where you got your start in bass fishing and fishing in general and who got you into it. So let the folks know.
1: Yeah, so um, the first time I ever remember fishing was um, back kind of behind the camera, probably um, about a five-minute walk is a little farm pond that there's some catfish in. I remember taking some little push-button rod right there and catching catfish in that pond and uh first time i remember bass fishing one of my dad's friends um bought a ranger boat and was just going to learn how to fish or whatever else and uh i cut my first bass on a on a shad colored shad wrap and um just just really enjoyed it um my my dad got a boat and we started fishing tournaments and uh um he he didn't grow up fishing so we just kind of learned together and um still had that boat kind of behind the building here that we take out, you know, once or twice a year. And I just got a kayak when I was 16 um, just so I could fish like rivers. Cause uh, me and my friends would leave after school um, and just go, we, we got some really good rivers here uh, around, you know, my area and we would go and fish those and wade, wade the river and catch smallmouth. So I wanted to kind of do that. They had canoes. I wanted a kayak, got a kayak for my 16th birthday and just, Never looked back. uh, fished my first kite tournament when I was uh, 18, like a kind of college uh, kite tournament that Drew Gregory actually put on. And, uh, you know, flash forward to, you know, the last couple of years to be able to, you know, fish against Drew and, you know, follow up as the Hobie AOY the year after Drew won the, the first Hobie AOY. That's, you know, kind of came full circle and it really meant a lot to me um, to, to do that and, you know, kind of to share that. That's a, not an easy thing to win and to do that in that circumstance was was awesome.
0: Yeah, dude, it's, I think that's the one thing about – I'm not saying you can't do this on the boat side because um, one thing on the show that we like to do is we like to have kayak and our boat side and try to do our best to, to mend these worlds because obviously both sides you can learn a lot from, hence you being on this show. Um, but one thing I think that's cooler about the kayak side is that you could literally, like you said, go from, you know, fishing someone's tournament. And, you know, Drew was like kind of the pioneer, one of the pioneers of the sport of kayak fishing. Uh, and you look at like a Kevin Van Dam, who is definitely one of the pioneers on the boat side. It's a lot harder to go and get into a boat and then try to fish against Kevin Van Dam the next year. Whereas, like, you get a kayak and you got the funds and the, the means to do so. You can go fish against the best if you want to you know, you can yeah. have that, that availability to do so. And that's, that's, that's part's pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's part of, it's cool, especially if you can keep up, but then the part of it's like, when you go there and you can't hang, it's like, oh, dang, i got work to do. <laughs> yeah. But, it's, uh, it's,
1: it's humbling for sure at times.
0: Yeah. I mean, but why, I want to ask like, why the kayak? What, what steered you that way versus the boat? Um,
1: Originally um, it was, it was just to get in like these, these farm ponds, these neighborhood ponds, um the the moving water um the the little river here by the house it's what we call the little river um and just just a bunch of little places that i knew had fish in it that i was tired of fishing from the bank um and just you know trying to explore that um it was just kind of ease ease of of access i guess i could just throw the kite, you know like 16 um you know, my, my parents kind of, or I guess a little bit more worried about me just being like 16 and go take take a boat out. Because we had um, um, a local guy um, that was friends with my cousin that actually uh, passed away, kind of just was, was fishing at nine and passed away. So I think everyone kind of around this general fishing community is, uh, you know, gets a little... Um, you know paranoid or whatever that's probably not the right word to, to describe it but you know a little more timid with situations like that of people fishing by themselves so it was just mm-hmm. a lot more easy uh, easier for me to just throw a kayak in the truck and just kind of go wherever i wanted to that way versus you know take a boat out and you know trying to kill myself
0: <laughs> yeah so you so you got your start kayak fishing the way kayak fishing was originally intended to be done not like throw it a slap like myself what i did this fall is slapping a motor and two grass with Ford facing and going on lake erie of all places whereas like your farm pond and little rivers yeah make a little more sense my, which it it was sorry go ahead
1: oh um my, my first kayak was a pelican castaway like 10 foot 10 and a half foot pelican with like the molded seat my butt cheeks got wet every time i put it in the water because it had scupper holes that just were not planned out correctly and um, the first place I took, it was like a pond by a bunch of like neighbor, like, like a neighborhood and hotels. It was out near the airport. So it was like really nice places to eat around it. And it's just like got this walking trail and it had giants in it. I mean, I saw a 10 pounder come out of it, you know, And it just, it's <laughs> a little small, The dam, like to hold the water back. It's like three foot tall and it's basically just a little silted in Creek, uh, pond, but it nice. was uh it was it was so much fun. I could go over there and just catch as many fish as I wanted to catch for, you know, years before people started fishing it too.
0: Yeah. Dude, I, I've been I've been recently looking into just like buying one of those, you know, two hundred dollar kayaks again or like getting into like a lynx or maybe an eye trek, although after watching a few people pop theirs at the Susky, I'm a little weary of the eye trek being that I was in an eye trek for that event. But uh uh last week I went out with my buddy and we did this like backwoods like like literally sheer cliff getting down to go catch like, like walleye in the wintertime. And we're talking like 25 inches, like some good eaters, uh, yeah. like you're getting good meat off these fish and trying to get a PA 14 up this hill, dude. It was, it was hilarious. It sucked in the time being, but it was hilarious after the fact. So I've been really right. looking into getting a, another smaller boat for that summertime, uh, kind of like Creek style stuff. But yeah. Yeah. I, you, I've
1: always kept us, uh, kept a smaller boat. I've, um, I've got, uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a Hobie guy, and that's always what I've fished out of. I've been on the Hobie team a long time. But, or, I mean, right now there's a KUSA HD, like, behind the building here that a buddy of mine, you know, rip, ripped a hole in it, and it was pouring water and about about sank on the on the Suski this summer. And he's like, here, you can have this boat. And my, my dad kind of patched it up while I was in Sweden for the world championship. And I came back, and I was like, all right, cool. I'm just going to use this HD to do what I've always done with you know, like a Jackson bite or even that Pelican that I did for a little bit when I had it, I've had, you know, a few different kind of Creek style boats that we've got some places that, you know, we'll go under a bridge and throw it underneath the bridge and, you know, stuff where I've, you know, backed the trailer down to it and, you know, put some, um, you know, my uh, cam straps, you know, looped like three cam straps together and tied it around the handle and drug it up a hill. Cause I couldn't drag it up the hill myself. It was so steep. i've i've done a lot of crazy stuff not you know not necessarily you know creek style and you know in tournaments but i've done a lot of stuff trying to get in some bootleg places just fun fishing
0: yeah Yeah, dude i I gotta get i gotta get back to that because like the, the kayak what the kayak allowed me to do like was you could start like fishing on your own that was like my first outlet to fish solo you know versus being uh it started out as like a my dad had his bay liner and it wasn't like a trolling motor or anything. It was like go float where you could float, chuck sluggos and hope for the best type of deal. And then uh I wasn't old enough yet. So we had like this tandem inflatable kayak, which was like fun but a nightmare at the same time. Um but what uh, the kayak allowed me to do was get on the lakes by myself and kind of explore like the fishing realm myself and I kind of let the passion lead me direct like down the path that I wanted to fish. And I became this offshore bum, and it just quickly became the bigger the better. And it's gotten away from that fun, like, creek stuff. Because yeah. we don't have a lot of that up here in the north, man. So that's kind of the fun part for me coming down south of these tournaments is it gives me more of an opportunity for, like, these real backwater stuff. And it's got me, like, wanting to explore some of these creeks that everyone says is crap up here in the north. And yeah. I just take a little guy and go explore. But, yeah. It's, it's, but One thing you, you mentioned that was actually really fun earlier was – you said that the little river and you're like, Oh, they actually call it the little river. Well on our schedule for Hobie next year, that, that new river, I've had like a bunch of buddies reach out like, Oh, what are you going to fish like next year? And I'm like, Oh, and I'm going to do the the new river event. like, Oh, what's, what's the new river? Like, what's the new, what's it called? Like, no, it's the new river. And it comes out and like, it's like this (laughs) conversation, like, no, it's literally called the new river.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, So I thought that was humorous, but, uh, but dude talking about, so, you got in the kayak, started doing these tournaments. When did you kind of try to make this thing like a career? Like, when did you kind of realize like I'm pretty damn good at this thing? Let's go take a stab at. It. I mean, you said you're doing 40 plus tournaments next year. Kind of sounds like you're doing it full time, <laughs> if I could say so. Yeah,
1: um, you can see you can see my yellow collar. Some people got blue collar, white collar. I'm part of the yellow collar gang, uh, standing out in the road trying not to get hit by cars. <laughs> um, uh, I work work for the city where I live. Um, but yeah, um, so like I, one of the first big tournaments I fished was like the KBF Open back when it was at St. T. Cooper, and and um, I had a decent day one even when I was still in the Pelican, and I was like, man, you know this this could be something cool, you know, and um, it really clicked that I might be able to do something like this with the first Hobie Bass Open um, when it was before it was a series at Kentucky Lake um I went down there a couple days beforehand and practiced and was you know just kind of sleeping in my truck and you know I was probably I don't know 20 21 um went down there and was you know was like oh man I want to go to Hobie World that's what I want to do I want to go to Hobie Worlds and I go down there and after the first day I was in third out of you know like 100 people and you know top two went to Worlds and I was like oh like I, I might've been in fourth. I don't, I don't know. I was like right there, you know, so I was like, you know, this, this is something, you know, I, I might be able to, you know, qualify for worlds. And then, um, on, on day two, like my alternator went out as I was driving like two hours from the dam down to like the Tennessee portion, like down now, the new Johnsonville and um i end up like fishing for like an hour or something like that by the time i had all this crazy stuff like i swapped out an alternator in the middle of the day to know riley's on the on the drive back and like got jumped off walked to a walmart and bought a battery and replaced the battery because i knew i couldn't get an alternator at four o'clock in the morning and it's just this crazy day that i could have like i wish i i wish i would have like Side note: I wish I would have done YouTube like all the stuff that I've done this entire time because I've got had some just viral content. <laughs> I, I have had just just stupidest stuff. You know, birds picking up uh, spro rats that I've been throwing, and birds coming oh and picking gosh. them up, and just uh I had an I hit an alligator with my fin one time in Louisiana, and it spun me backwards, and just all kinds of just this crazy stuff that's always happened. But I, I don't, you know, unless you're there, it just it doesn't mean anything. But um, the the Kentucky Lake, I ended up uh, that was my first Hobie event, and I finished eighth. And then I fished, fished again the next year. I think I finished eighth or ninth. And then they came out with the Hobie Bass series, and the first year I finished eighth at Chickamauga, uh, eighth at Kentucky Lake, and eighth at like Seminole or something like that. And um. Eight, I finished eighth at Gunner's. I finished eighth like three or four times that year and then finished, you know, like eighth, like the first five out of the six Hobie events I fished. And I was just really consistent. And I was like, you know what, if if I can just keep doing this over and over and over over again, you know, eventually I'm going to have some good events and bad events. But if I'm consistent enough to keep finishing eighth in these tournaments, then you know, I'm probably you know consistent enough to do this some more. So basically the only thing I started fishing was the Tennessee river events at Guntersville, um, Chickamauga, Kentucky Lake. And then I would start branching out to, you know, different, um, places. And then I guess it was probably 20, 2019. I started kind of, you know, traveling out a little bit more about three years ago. And then, um, really, I guess 2020 was the year that I like really hit it hard with going, I mean, I, I went to, like, Susquehanna in, like, 2019, I guess. But um, 20, 2020, um, they gave us, like, you know, as being, like, kind of government employees, we're, we're, you know, we're picking up trash, basically. You know, everything can stop, but trash still has to be picked up. Right. So, whereas, you know, everybody was getting two weeks off or the whole month of April off and getting laid off, April, April of 2020 was probably the busiest month of my life at my job that I'd worked there basically about eight years now. Damn. And, um.
0: It's like the best month for fishing around the country.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So like, I I didn't do anything that month. You know, I fished some local stuff on Saturdays, but you know, I didn't travel. And then they kind of gave us, um, like basically two weeks extra vacation And so I only get two weeks of vacation anyway. So basically all the stuff I do is, is on two weeks vacation that I schedule. Um, and then I take like basically a week of comp time and then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sick occasionally. And and other other than that, you know, it's basically, it's, it's basically, you know, I'm, I'm at work. So. Um, to get you know some more time off was was huge for me. You know, to get basically two extra weeks of vacation. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just drove around everywhere. I mean, I went to Pennsylvania, I went to wisconsin I went to Oklahoma, I went to Texas a couple times. Um, you know, everything. You know, kind of, you know, eleven hours or so was kind of my kind of my reasonable limit. You know, I wasn't driving to you know. Uh, California do those tournaments you know I had considered flying to the Delta event um that or the whatever whatever event there was two events there that year that was a California Delta and then it was a Clear Lake I think the Delta was the Hobie event I was looking at flying and if it wasn't for COVID um kind of I was afraid to go to California during COVID I just you know that's a whole nother conversation in itself, but
0: yeah, I think everyone's just afraid to go to California because of California. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So
1: I I basically just backed out on it. I I had, you know, kayak that I was going to get when I was there and, you know, all this stuff and decided against it. Um, But I, 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 Oh yeah. I I would, I would still love to do it. I mean, I, you know, I, I still think California and to see, to see that side of the coast, I would love to go to do, um, basically, fish anywhere in California. I don't care whether it's Clear Lake or the Delta or whatever else, just to go and dr- drive up the coast or whatever. I love driving, drive up the coast. And then, if I ever get out there, I want to catch one of the giant sturgeons that you catch in like Oregon and, and
0: oh, yeah, uh, like uh, the Columbia uh,
1: River, Washington. Yeah, I want to catch yeah. a giant sturgeon. I, I'd, I'd rather go out there and do that than bass fish on Clear Lake. I think, as strange as that sounds, I want to hook into one in big things.
0: Yeah, I, do I don't know if you could do that in the kayak. Though.
1: <laughs> there's, there's videos of guys doing it, man. There's, there's really? Like, uh, yeah, God. there's, there's some, there's like eight to ten footers being caught with, with kayaks, and they come out of the water beside the kayak, and it'd probably dang near kill you if it hit the kayak. But I'd want to do it.
0: You ever see that, uh, that clip of uh, the kayaker with the whale? Do you ever see that? Like I think on uh, like the coast, it's probably what it look like with all little sturgeon. Yeah. They're so dang big, dude. But yeah. I be like okay, now I'm intrigued. Are they, like, are they anchored in the current doing this? Or are they, like – because, like, you see the, the boats that are out there. They're, like, anchored against the shore with their so, lines.
1: the the little bit of video that I've seen is, like, there's, like, a dam or, like, a wing wall or something. There's some currents, and there's, like, barges and then kayaks that are in, like, fairly slack water, it looked like, based on just my recollection. Um And then you basically hook these things, and they just go absolutely, you know – ballistic and you know i just think that'd be cool you know i've hooked some you know pretty good sized catfish and stuff on the kayak and um i i hooked the i caught like a 40 and a half or 41 inch redfish or something like that down um fishing with the um uh, emerald coast guys matt van um we caught caught a like whatever that fish was like 40 and 40 and a half 41 inch redfish whatever it was mm-hmm. at night on top water Ooh. And I had like um uh, like a big swim bait rod and a tranks with the power handle and it was like everything I could do to hold on to that thing. That's awesome. And you know, it's like I, I haven't caught anything that big since. Um so I just I wanna kinda get that that feeling back of catching something just stupid big in a kayak.
0: Oh, uh, dude, that's awesome. I am hoping to do exactly that here in a couple of weeks. My parents we we were on the paddle and fin uh show the other night together and uh I'd mentioned that briefly. My parents moved down to uh, uh, Placida, Florida. Is technically what it is, but it's it's literally five minutes from the bridge to Boca Grande, which is like tarpon capital of the world. And my dad has been smoking tarpon out of his autopilot recently, and I am dying to go do that. So I'm gonna fly down, steal one of his old towns to do it. But uh, for our Harris Chain event, I'm going down. I think two weeks early to get a bunch of saltwater stuff in before our event, just for that. But like I said, the invite is open. If people want to come down and join me, invite's there. So I've
1: actually, I was working on my schedule, like we talked kind of before the, you know, I've got like 40 events on the schedule from like the last weekend of January to Mm. the the, uh, Queen City um, Tournament of Champions, which is the week after the Hobie Tournament of Champions. I've got like four scheduled, four or five, I think four scheduled weeks off. And there's some tournaments I go fish on Saturday and then drive somewhere else and fish a tournament on Sunday or, like, fish a Friday night tournament till like, 3 a.m. and then drive somewhere else and fish a Saturday tournament. Um, so I've got, like, all these events. So, like, one of the weeks off that I've got scheduled is the weekend before the Hobie in Florida. So that might have to be my, my first uh, week of vacation. I might just go run around Florida for a week and see what happens.
0: Dude, there's um... – some. There's some wicked places to fish around that area. Like that that specific place where my parents moved to uh, last year. No, two years ago. I didn't go to Florida last year. Two years ago, I literally brought, I was fishing in the morning with my buddy. First time ever in Florida fishing for bass. And I brought my frog rod with me to go fishing with him. We went saltwater in the afternoon in the kayaks with my dad, my brother. And I brought the frog rod with me and I was skipping mangroves with a frog and catching snook and redfish the most fun i've ever had in my entire life dude it was that's awesome.
1: that's what i've yeah. heard somebody somebody said it's just like uh fishing for snooks like skipping docks or just giant largemouth, basically
0: yeah pretty much it's just oversized largemouth on steroids insult that's basically what it is um so yeah we can definitely make that happen if you're interested yeah but, I'm, um, I'm down yeah we'll, well we'll plan it after after this show because i, <laughs> I i'm intrigued I, i'm really intrigued so you're one of my favorite people to follow, believe it or not, uh, because one, honestly, uh, this is totally off topic of fishing, but like you're easily like a duck commander takes on kayak fishing. And I've been a huge <laughs> fan of duck commander my whole life. Um, so, cause like, dude, you literally have the beard and everything going on. Um, but like also the fact, just like, uh, I've just been a fan of how you've approached the sport in terms of like, I'm also jealous because you seem like the kind of guy that, is I'm going to catch them doing what I want to do. And if I'm not going to catch them the way I'm, you know, I want to catch them, then screw the fish where I wish I could be like that. But uh, cause I, I'll just go crazy. I'll go mentally insane uh trying to figure something out. That's like not my forte, but a- am I wrong in, in guessing? Is that, is that kind of your style? So,
1: so here, here's my style. Um It's really common for like, once the water temp gets above like 65 degrees, for me to like basically just go pull a John Daly and show up and be like, all right, I got two jackhammers tied on. Where's the boat ramp and what's the lake (laughs) record? You know what I mean? I'm going to go throw jackhammers for for eight hours and we'll see what happens. So that's kind of what I've always done is just go do, you know, a lot of guys know I like throwing a spinnerbait and throwing a jackhammer. And um, that's, you know, basically what I've done. You know, I crank a lot in the spring and just I love power fishing and somewhere on the lake pretty much when the water temp is above 60 degrees or 65, especially above 60 degrees, you can go power fish somehow, some way, um, and just, just, just do it. Now I've kind of like went back on, on what I'm good at. And I've kind of like, not, not really kind of sold myself out, but, um, it, it Caddo, I was fishing this little area and I knew there were big fish there. I knew there was just a stupid amount of fish there and big fish, and on day one, um, the, like probably, I don't know, two days before the tournament, I was like fishing sun up to sundown all day, and I had some fish come up just busting, and I could tell there was a lot of big fish there. At like five o'clock, I mean, it was right before dark and you know i was like you know what you know if if i don't find anything else i'm gonna go there day one and just see if they start blowing up first thing and i went there they didn't blow up all day but i had a limit really early of just not super great size fish but i never had um a limit better than probably 81 or 82 inches at any point in practice um at caddo i kind of struggled but i caught fish and you know on the first day of toc i had 85 inches and i was like you know this is solid you know i'll take this 85 inches and then I like get to service, get my fish submitted. And I'm in 22nd of 50 with 85, my best day of the week I've been down there. And I'm like, oh, like I, I messed up. I left too early. I, I left those fish. I didn't stay there all day. I left like two hours left and tried to go find new stuff with 85 inches, you know, which is, you know, no, you I would have never done that knowing that I was in 22nd. And um, day two, I tried to get on that grass grass bat a uh, grass flat pattern that uh, some other guys were on that's what i heard was the deal that everybody was wrecking them on i went and tried a, gra- a grass flat on day two fished it for like four hours everybody's posting fish i had service to check what was going on i couldn't catch any fish i left and i was like all right i'm gonna go back to my 85 inch fish and i get back over there and i have 90 inches because they just start blowing up and at the end of the day um i caught a, a big one on a glide bait and i was like Oh, okay. Now, now that's something I'm, I'm comfortable with. I can go cause I, I hadn't caught a fish on a jackhammer all week. It was just, it was, it was not just the way I wanted to fish. And so I catch fish on a glide bait It's the biggest fish I'd caught all week. And I was like, this is, I'm just going to go back and throw an Alabama rig and a, and a glide bait all day. And I got to my spot, made two casts on an Alabama rig, caught a solid fish. Um, started working some of my cypress trees that I liked and, um, caught two more, um, really quick and just really quality fish and basically just threw the glide bait the rest of the day after the first hour. And it was probably one of the most fun days I've ever had in my entire life. It was, it was one of those days where there's like a school of probably 17 to 22 inch fish just blowing up, like pinning bait against my kayak. And then I would throw an Alabama rig out there and they wouldn't eat it, but I'd throw the glide bait out there and twitch it twice and they would blow up on it. And I was boat flipping like 17 inch fish and just grabbing them. And like, like, you gotta be kidding me. There's like a four pounder and I throw it back. And it's like, and it's like, I'm like pausing for like half a second and being like, yo, like, I, I'm like, I grew up fishing loud and teleco. I just angrily threw back a four pounder on a glide bait that I twitched twice. Like what is happening? <laughs> like I got so spoiled that day. It seems like every day I've fished since it's just been um, terrible. But you know, that, that second day uh, or th- that actual third day I'd caught those fish early and I, I went three hours without like anything. And I was getting a little worried cause I was like, okay, you know, what's going on here? And a college boat, and I've talked at Ewing, and you know, you knew, you know, Ewing, and and they always say, you know, if you want to fish against the best, you know, it's it's you know, the the elites and the and and um, uh, Bass Pro Tour, and then the college guys, and they're like, you know, there's so much knowledge in, in the kayak series. Everybody's just students of whatever whatever things going on. Mm-hmm. And there was a LSU Shreveport, I think it was. It was a LSU something boat, and I it pulls that, in.
0: Though. What'd you say? I seen that same boat you're talking about.
1: Yeah. So he pulls in there and is on the phone and I could hear him talking and he's like, yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a kayak up here too. Yeah. Yeah. And I could watch him and I was sitting there eyeballing him and he's going around live scoping and he's like, Oh, there's probably about a six pounder. And he underhand flips an Alabama rig out in the middle of nothing and hooks the six pounder of what he said was a six pounder, like immediately, like just underhand flips it. And then, the fish comes off, and he's like, oh, that was a good one. And then he basically looks around, and he's like, eh, I'm going to go somewhere else. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, I, that sold me on uh, the LiveScope. Yeah. So, literally, on the way home from TOC, I go from not having a debt finder of any sort on my kayak for three years to I basically paid for scope on the way home from, from TOC. I was that like, I, I was like, I got to get it. I've got to have it. It's on my kayak now. I've already got it installed. I've had four trips out with it since we've got back and, okay. and all I've went out and I've went to places that I don't normally go to. And I've spent just a stupid amount of tackle. I, I've, I've never bought like jerk baits before. Cause I don't like throwing jerk baits cause that's not really my thing. And I've bought <laughs> straight, I've bought straight eyed, you know, mega bass one tens and, and collectible one tens and you know, one tens from specifically from from Japan and specific colors that somebody told me about. And I've spent probably half as much on tackle as I did the four thousand dollars to get the live scope put on my kayak. So the so live scope's <laughs> cost me like six thousand dollars of just trying to get it and get all this stuff and you know I, I, yeah. yeah, I've never I've never went and thrown two point eight inch Kitex before and, and done any of that <laughs> stuff. So I'm out here buying spoons and swapping treble hooks and oh and man, you're fishing stuff. like
0: a northern boy now. That's what you're. Fishing yeah, like. <laughs> I, I don't.
1: I, I don't. You know, I'm. I'm gonna have one of those days where it makes sense, but um, for the first time in my, you know, uh, you know, somewhat professional kayak career, I've got a depth finder on my kayak, and and so far, it all it's done is piss me off.
0: <laughs> it definitely has its its place. That's for dang sure. I mean. You've seen a lot of people like, you know, Nolan Miners, another one we were talking about Ewing earlier. That like, he won't use it exclusively throughout the day, but it might account for one or two conven- like catches that are clutch. I mean, there was definitely yeah. a few tournaments this year that you know I could have fished relatively similar to the way I was and done well, uh, but I wouldn't have had the bag that I would have had if I didn't have forward facing yeah. sonar on my kayak. And but I think that one of the biggest things too with that is. Especially for people that are buying it, or are in the process of buying it, or have just gotten it, is one thing. It's I think, and this is personal opinion. That's good to reinforce is just to look up, like yeah. take a second to like ignore that for a second. Keep your keep your instincts because there's a reason why anglers like yourself are doing so well without it. Don't let that forward facing sonar become a detract like, and a don't let that detract you from what you already know like yeah I th- i've heard it said this is said perfectly um this is not actually i think this was yesterday two days ago on bass blaster um but the best anglers use forward-facing sonar as a tool for the way they already fish uh, oh, yeah. and that couldn't have been said better i think I, th- I think you're definitely good enough in order to do it that way where it's like the times a year where it could be relevant and how you fish, you'll use it correctly. And I think you're definitely wise enough to do that. Yeah. But there's definitely people though that get it, man. And they get too distracted with it. They start like, they almost focus on solely using that to catch their fish. And that's why you see some people sync with it. And that's why they get either get rid of it or you don't hear about them anymore. Uh, yeah. But if you use it correctly, it's like, it's an efficiency tool. Like they, you don't have to always use it for just fish. You can use it. The one way I love to use it more than just seeing fish is making sure I make like, cause I, I fish offshore. Like yeah. I'm, I'm the opposite of you. And in, in the sense that I'm, I love my electronics. I love being as far away from the bank as possible. I'm using this to make like as precise cast as I can. And that in itself can be of advantage. You know, you can do the same thing with 360, but it's, yeah, um, I, it's interesting. I, I've
1: really, I've really focused so far on just trying to learn it, you know, try to, you know, you know, learn, learn how to take advantage of, of the tool because I you know, I, I listen to some of these podcasts. And I think somebody even basically made that use it as a tool comment on, on one of your podcasts, honestly, because mm-hmm. um, it was, um, you know, it, w- when it comes down to it, you know, I, I definitely don't I don't want to rely on that thing. It's something that I'm trying to learn because mm-hmm. I feel like I need to learn because it can help. Um, and I just want to be, you know, well-rounded to the point where. Um, you know, it's no secret, you know, every every time we go to like Carolinas anywhere, whether it's Hartwell or Norman or places like that, I get my freaking brains beat in, you know, every time we go over there and it drives me up the wall. So literally what I'm focusing on, I've done this a few times where, you know, when I first started fishing Chickamauga the first, you know, at this point now it's as much as I hate the lake and everybody I think knows I hate Chickamauga now. (laughs) Um, it's, 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 it's a place that I've had some success on and a place that I don't mind fishing. You know, if, if there were no other bass boats and no one else on the lake, I wouldn't necessarily mind going down there. It's, it's an hour from the house. There's, there's chances to catch big fish there. Um, there's just so many people down there, but, when I first started trying to learn how to fish Chickamauga, the first three tournaments I fished down there, I zeroed. And it drove me so nuts that I basically went down there three out of four weekends for like four or five months or something like that. And I won um, the TVK, uh, which basically just fishes Gunner's Hole. I won their Angler of the Year the year after I basically went down there every week except for one a month for, for you know six months, five months. And so that, you know, that's just, that's kind of the way I operate is I'm going to do something. I'm going to just go completely overboard into it. Um, So basically what I'm doing with the live scope is try to learn it and fish every chance I get after work for the next couple months before these tournaments start. And then I'm actually, you know, kind of budgeting time to fish the Queen City uh, Kayak Bass Fishing League, which is, um, they're based out of Charlotte. So they fish fish. there's like a period of like five out of six weeks that um, I've got Santi Cooper, Hartwell twice, and Norman, and then the chi- uh, a Chickamauga event. So I'm basically just going down there, and I'm going to go down there until I learn it. Because every time we go to Hartwell, somebody wins at live scoping. Most of the time, it's you and um, and <laughs> so
0: is so good live scope. Yeah.
1: So you know, I, and and it's you know. You know, Ewing's kind of helped me kind of dial some stuff in. I've been able to go out with him and him kind of show me some things and, and help me out and, mm-hmm. um, you know, to be able to have somebody that I can trust kind of ha- help kind of cut that learning curve away. And, you know, I'm, just, I'm going all in and trying to fish as many events as possible next year, and I'm going to push myself to try to be, you know, a more well-rounded angler by going to these places I can't stand, and I'm either going to figure it out or I'm going to hate it. Mm-hmm. um and that's you know that's that's my deal i, I think i've got heart wool like six tournaments on heart i'm going to try to fish next year and I, i've never that's, caught that's a fish learning. yeah i mean i've i've not caught a fish maybe at all in a tournament on heart so um i'm i'm gonna learn there's there's no ifs ands or buts i'm gonna learn it
0: yeah i mean there's definitely fisheries that like where that specific technology excels from from a learning curve standpoint because If you take like a very biodiverse look like Lake take like a Chickamauga, for example, that has so many shad and uh, you know, and, and drum and bass and crappie and like they're all over the place. And if you don't know what you're looking at and you're trying to learn it and you think all those different dots on your screen on forward facing are bass, I mean, you're going to be wrongly mistaken and you're going to be going in figure eights all over the damn place, not knowing what the heck you're throwing at. Whereas like, at least like a Hartwell, man, like, when you are out there on on cane piles and stuff, they're talking about it's like it's either shatter bass. Like that, yeah. I mean, you might get some stripers mixed in, but you'll tell real you can tell real quick if that's striper because that blob's gonna be gigantic if they're a, yeah. they're big striper. But um, there is definitely two some interesting parts about the forward facing stuff, especially from the kayak. And I think it's definitely more it's way more challenging to fish with forward facing from a kayak than it is a boat, like by far, because we have to use the hand to keep that thing still. Although yeah. I did see a guy using target lock on his kayak already. And it's got me thinking it's got the brain brewing a little bit. Uh, although that's a, it's just like an excessive mod that I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. <laughs> um, but the one, the one part that I really liked about what you said about Lake Chickamauga, which is funny. Cause and I love this part too. is You hate that. That is probably my favorite lake on the entire planet for the pure fact that I've done every time I've gone back. I've gone there probably six times, and every time I've been there, I've done something completely different where I caught them, and I love that. I don't know why, um, yeah. but I, I remember you saying that actually at awards at Lake Chickamauga, who was like, "I hate this lake." And you got like, you got like, you got top five, I think, but you're like, "I hate this place." Um, yeah,
1: it's it, it's one of those places. It's it my. You know, I I try to. I'm big on like frame of mind going into tournaments. You know, Mm -hmm. I've you know I've I've had that conversation. I think with with um, with fishing is way more mental than most people ever give it credit for. Um, And and my mental thought process is completely different the week of a tournament like of any decent sized tournament on Chickamauga. It is completely different versus me going even other places where I feel like the fishing is in my favor. Uh, and, you know, even like, you know, you know, a May event on anywhere on the Tennessee river is a different mindset to me than a May event on Chickamauga because you're going to have to fight through so many more people and you're going to have to catch fish that have seen every lure known to man in the last two, two, three months in May. It's just, it's, it, it's a whole different animal, man. And it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those places where you can literally, and here, here's what I hate about it. You can literally struggle and, be ready to break everything you own for seven hours. And then for a 30 minute window, you can have a 90 inch, you know, 20 pound bag day in the snap of a finger. And I've done it. I don't know how many times on that place where you just show up and randomly there's fish on this particular spot on this random Rocky patch, this random dock, a random tree. And it's just trying to make the most of, of nothing. And, and, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is about that specific place <laughs> that makes those fish that erratic. But to me, that place just drives me insane.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I definitely heard that before. And you're definitely not the, the first person I think I've heard say that about Chick. But uh, man, it's, it's just a cool fishery to me. I don't know, I don't know. I can't really put my thumb on it, but I love going back there for some reason. Sorry, try the northern in me. I like getting to some something completely different. But, it's uh, definitely
1: diverse I, I will give you that i mean for for six months out of the year you can go offshore fish creeks fish skinny water fish flooded flats fish you know sloughs as we call them yeah i mean you can go fish up by the dam and catch fish six months out of the year um it's 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 diverse I, mm-hmm. I've, I've got on some very weird patterns there too
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that's for sure um one of the things that I was going to say though about it, you mentioned was that when you went there and it sucked is instead of someone that says, I hate this Lake, I'm not coming back. You doubled down and fished more events on it to learn it. I love that. Um, I had a a small instance like that. We, it was an elite kayak tournament, which is like this little Northeastern regional trail up here. Um, probably not fishing it again, but, um, uh, there was a couple of years ago we had an event on my home, like Kayuga and it was one of those weird deals that like one of those things where you, you mean, I'm sure you have those days where the one day your fish just completely disappear. on like, where, you know, they're going to be and that It doesn't make any sense to you. And what happened was it was like this, the, our lake overnight, we had weird nightly temps flipped. And so the day before, I went just graphed my spot. Fish are there. See him like we're good. Like what, I made one cast on it the day before, and it was a six pounder. I'm like we're good. Like these we're gonna have this in the bag. Show up, gone. Tournament day, and it was like one of those days where it's like didn't make any sense. And instead of getting off the water and like going home, I literally went and grafted until almost about 10 p.m. that night until I found him. I was like I'm not leaving until I figure out where they are. I like, can only go so many places. That's a part though, like when you mentioned that, I respect the hell out of that because there's a lot of people that would run and don't, they'll like have this negative connotation to a fishery. Uh, whereas I think anglers that will excel and rebound, especially on a specific fishery, are ones that will double down on it, put more time and try to figure out where they went wrong. And there was a, a moment, uh, that I had, it was actually after that paddle and fin show. Where I had a bad taste in my mouth with TOC. But I was like, I was like saying like, ah, I'm never gonna freaking go back to that lake or whatever, you know, it's Louisiana. And I remember on the show, I was like, yeah, I'm not going back there, like, for that event. And I was talking with Adam Riser actually about Caddo. And and I was just like, man, I don't I don't know where I went wrong. Like we were kind of discussing it. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, I've always respected and talked about like these guys that go back and they double down on these places and they and they when the, when things get really really tough they don't quit on it. Where that's exactly my mindset on Caddo. And I'm like, man, I need to stop being a you know, little, little, little bitch for better words, but uh, <laughs> and I was like, I need to just go back there and figure this place out. Like I can't be just afraid of going back there again after a performance like that. And that's exactly what you talked about. So, I just I thought that was a, an important thing to bring up. I thought that was that was super interesting. Uh, and I respect the hell out of that um
1: yeah yeah if if i go somewhere and it, it breaks me or it, if i go somewhere and it just it doesn't do me right it's either going to break me or i'm going to break it because i'm going <laughs> to go back there enough where i, I don't care if i got to fish every freaking boat ramp on that place i'll figure them out eventually
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: it it, it it may be you know i'll figure out that that's just not my place but you know i'm I'm going to figure out some sort of resolution i i i shy away from places now and there's one place that I just don't like, and I've been up there, you know, probably seven or eight days worth is the Upper Mississippi. I, I've uh, that that in Lake St. Clair. I went up there and had a you know a 90 inch day on St. Clair and, and practice, and I, I just thought it was the most boring day I think I've ever spent on the water catching 18 inch smallmouth. I I didn't know I could ever have a bad day catching 18 inch smallmouth, but I went up there <laughs> on the weekend of Javi Nooner and about got swamped. and uh spent the whole day pedaling around and didn't have my passport or anything so i couldn't go fish the canadian side basically just you know kind of crossed over into the shipping channel area where it got a little deeper and was dodging boats all day and you know i found some fish eventually i just hated it because it's just they go straight up and down i'm used to river smallmouth they go this way this way not this way this way
0: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i mean Great Lake smallmouth isn't exactly everyone's cup of tea. I mean you're catching giant fish, but they're fat and lazy, and they're
1: yeah.
0: they're pretty easy to catch on just about just a drop shot and net and whatever you throw at them. But St. Clair's a little bit interesting because it's shallower, um, and I'm I'm sure we're gonna get we're gonna have to have a part two because uh, I'm really liking this conversation right now, and I know you have some you have some special backstage passes you got to get to, uh, but I'm gonna hold you to one more question tonight because it's it's your first time on the show, so you already know what's coming um and i'm gonna I'm let you go because i don't want to i don't want to make you late but uh if you had three different people to sit down have a steak have a beer don't have to be fishing industry could be alive now or a thousand years ago doesn't matter any three individuals steak beer who are you going to invite
1: um so i've i've listened to this enough to kind of have have an idea ahead of time
0: you're, you're, you know some of these Smart guys man.
1: that you know get put get put on the spot i um I was thinking about it when you started saying you're gonna wrap this up and I'm I'm having trouble thinking of one so I'm actually stalling right now. But um, <laughs> so I like uh, you w- can w- stall and talk though.
0: It means you could be yeah. a
1: podcaster. <laughs> yeah. I, I've considered it a lot. I got this big fancy ring light and there you go. and all this stuff. <laughs> but um um I would like to go Derek Jeter, because that's I grew up playing baseball. That was one of my that was my favorite baseball player. I wore number two. Uh, okay. my KFL team last year I wore number two. Um, you know, if you'd asked me most of my life, what I wanted to be when I grow up, it was, you know, I wanted to play for the New York Yankees. Um, um, awesome. I'm, I'm not athletic enough, nor, uh, could hit a baseball well enough to, to do that. I can't that.
0: picture you living in New York city either, to be honest with you.
1: No, let, let's be honest. <laughs> I've been there. Not my cup of tea, man. I, I don't No, That's, that's not my deal. Um, but Derek Jeter, um, fishing would be Gerald Swindle. Um, man, I, I met Gerald Swindle at a little place called Blue's Landing in West Tennessee, and man, he, you know, I, I'm always concerned to meet people that I, you know, kind of put on pedestals, enough to say, you know, I idolize, idolize G-Man, but G-Man is, is a personality and an incredible fisherman, so to meet him, and he was incredibly nice to all of us that were there that day, and he mm-hmm. was you know just super cool and we took pictures and all that stuff so G-Man's hilarious I love to have G-Man um and honestly um just I'd I'd probably just man I, I don't know the third one's always the hardest the 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 third one is the hardest cuz I had this all you know kind of planned out
0: um in in my
1: head um
0: all right. How about this? How about this? We'll, we'll we'll come back to your third, the next show. But I'll, I'll say this: if you get if, if Hobie Bos turned into a partner tournament, who is your first choice to fish with
1: you? Oh, um. So I've fished a couple partner tournaments, and we're undefeated. It would probably be Eric Thomason, who okay. who we travel I travel with. I don't know if you know who Eric is.
0: I know the name. Um, I've never had the pleasure of meeting him though.
1: Yeah, Eric's one of my boys. Uh, he he was he's honestly one of the people I would consider throwing in there as the third person for 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 Jeter and and G Man because that's, you know, Eric's one of my boys, but he's he's hilarious. Um, <laughs> but he, he well, I would probably pair up with him, or or uh, Ewing is a close second because if he fished offshore and I fished shallow all day, I don't think we'd we'd lose a whole lot. But me, me and Thomason are undefeated on two man tournaments. We got. We got month long tournament title under our belts, maybe even two, and uh, we fished an event called Santa Cops a couple of years ago and got these giant red trophies of, of a fish with a Santa with a Santa hat on. I should I should have brought that. I had to I to tag Santa you in that. That's a
0: Cops Is that Santa
1: anything? Cops. So basically, it was a fundraiser tournament for um, the local military base. I think to basically oh, buy toys for for kids. So. Um, it was the first weekend of December. I want to say it just came up on my on my uh, memories uh, pretty recently. But um, you know, two man tournament, uh, best five or best six fish for for the team, and we absolutely just we we put on some stupid. We did something stupid that day. I mean, we had we had probably the best day anyone's ever had on Loudon in a kayak ever, and both of us just were going down the bank throwing crankbaits right in front and behind each other and had a blast
0: that's awesome hell yeah. yeah well dude I really want to keep I, I wish you didn't have to go in on this one because I think this conversation is awesome we're gonna have to have a part two here soon um, yeah I'm,
1: I'm always I'm always bad for running too long on podcasts because I get to talk and we, we start talking about everybody so
0: um, hey, I'm, I'm ever... always
1: on the on the on the too far program I, I need to just get my own podcast so I can talk as much as I want to
0: there you go. There you go. I highly to <laughs> encourage you to because you'd have at least one listener. I'd listen to that. Uh, but for real, I mean, don't ever worry about talking too much because that means you are great as a podcast guest or host. So um, for real, I appreciate it. Uh, have fun tonight. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing how that goes, and I'm looking forward to part two, buddy. And I'm looking forward to our beer we're going to have together this year because I think that's long Absolutely. overdue. So, dude, for, for sure. real, appreciate you taking the time. It's good to get you on uh, here.
1: I I appreciate you having me. This is uh, sorry to cut it short. I got I got about a two hour drive, and I just found yeah. out about ten minutes before we got on this. So
0: yeah, yeah, literally, I got a text like literally right before this started. Uh oh, did we lose him? Oh, his screen went dark. But uh what I was saying was <laughs> essentially got the I got this text from Jordan. It's about ten minutes before we started recording this this episode, and. uh, Basically, he uh, he's going to a concert, backstage passes, and uh, I can hear him a little bit here in the background. You got me, Jordan? You got me now? Hey, can you hear me? I, I got you. You got me? I got everything going haywire. I don't
1: even know what's going on. <laughs>
0: well, it's perfect time for it to wrap up. At least it wasn't like a full-on conversation. So we're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, all right. We'll uh we'll shoot Jordan. I don't know if you can hear me, buddy, but I will I will shoot you a text. You're good to you're good to go. We'll, we'll wrap things up for you. I, I, I don't know what happened. Thanks, man. I don't
1: know what happened here. Good. I can't I can't hear you.
0: You're good, you're good. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> for people listening on MP3, his basically his phone just went completely haywire. Uh and we weren't able to get the the last signar we did we did basically finish the show so that was good it's way better than that being completely mid-conversation uh and the thing going nutty so it was good to get jordan on jordan is one of the biggest names if not the big one uh, yeah he's one of the biggest names in kayak fishing was the biggest name you know in, in 2021 along with christine fisher who won the hobie BOS tournament champions but he was aoy Uh, for Hobie BOS, which has easily become the biggest and most competitive trail and kayak fishing. Um, and that's pretty dang cool because watching this sport grow from fishing out of plastic boats for big money. You guys, as you guys know, if you follow this show, it's something I do and I I enjoy dearly. Um, it's been cool to watch these, these different personalities grow in this sport. And I really think it's good for the overall sport of fishing. I really, I really do. Um, because I think it's a lot harder for folks one to get a boat. Uh, I know there's people that say you can get a boat pretty cheap uh, and get it. And, you know, which you can, I I completely agree, but there's also a caveat to that too, where it's like, if you don't have a truck, you know, you can't, it's, it's pretty hard to get a boat unless you have an SUV, you know, there's, there's different means that can make it harder, but even if you have a car, like, I mean, I, I car topped a, a Hobie pro angler 12 on my Nissan Altima um i couldn't pull a boat with my nissan ultima i mean i could have after marketed a hitch and <laughs> done all that but that would have been interesting because i like to risk it in conditions and backing down a ramp with a nissan ultima in icy conditions probably isn't your uh, your best op- your your best option but um that was a really cool episode because i like getting kayak guys on here to one make their name more heard about because um as we grow here at serious Angles, that's one thing that we really love to do is show you guys the names that you should be following the names that need to be bigger than they are because they deserve to be. They've earned that, uh, and you can learn a lot from them. Uh, And I'm looking forward to getting Jordan back on this show. And as long as we have more kayak anglers coming down the pipe to get on here to start chatting um, and start making their name more known and start educating people on some of the juicy little secrets that they have discovered and utilized over the years. But I'm looking forward to uh, this upcoming kayak season. I got my whole schedule laid out and we'll get into that soon. We have a, a little collaboration amongst podcasts coming up here soon. We'll we'll dive into the Hobie schedule, KBF schedule, as well as the Bassmaster kayak schedule. They kind of go over each tournament. We'll have the tournament directors on, et cetera. Uh, that's going to be pretty cool. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so it's in the works. I don't know the dates just yet, but once I do, you guys will be the first to know that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm sure our buddy, Mr. Drew Gregory is going to join us for that. Um, but uh, one thing I want uh, folks to know is that if you're going to be at the Bassmaster Classic and Red Crest this year, is Andy Deacon and I will be at both, or at least we intend to. I will definitely be there. Uh, if you guys want to grab a beer, uh, go fishing a day or before, like day or before it or after it, uh, let us know. We'll, we'll set some things up um, as well as apparel. I, I, guys, I know I've been talking about it every single episode, and I'm actually kind of getting annoyed with myself at this point, but it's almost there. I promise. We just have one background detail. We're literally waiting on the software developers that we're building this website on and waiting on one minor detail that they need to fix for us. <laughs> and that's literally all that is remaining between us and launching our apparel site. Um, one thing that was cool that Jordan mentioned was that uh, Santa cop tournament one. That sounds awesome. I would literally travel to go fish that thing. Um, but One thing we're going to do with this platform and with our apparel site moving forward is we're, as this grows, and we have an ever-growing fan base, and we appreciate all of you guys for that, is we're going to give back. And not just give back to the support, but give back to first responders, military, people that are going through rougher times than we are that need a little bit of help. Um, And we're going to try to give back to that. And we're going to ask your help to do that. And what that means, and I don't mean to spill too much, too many beans right now, but something I'm really proud about and I really feel passionate about this is we're going to be doing some, some less, uh, limited edition shirts per se. They'll, they'll, they'll be available, um, you know, year, year long, but we're really going to push them around the times that, uh, that are relevant from the calendar year and that makes sense. But we're going to be doing, themed special, you know, like limited edition shirts. Um, you know, we have one where we redesigned the serious angler logo to pink with some pink ribbons and such. So that obviously be launched later this, this year, once apparel sites open to, you know, support those uh, with breast cancer. We're going to donate all the funds uh, to that foundation. Uh, we're going to do a whole veterans, you know, first responder military shirt, that goes back to a specific foundation to help veterans that are home and and uh, and need our help. They they lent their hand overseas and such, and gave their and gave their service. And now it's our time to take care of them. That's exactly what we're going to do. All those proceeds will go to them. And once those happen, uh, we have those shirts, those hats, that gear and such uh, created. You guys will be the first to know, so you can, guys can help us in that mission. So, and you get some cool apparel for doing so. So we have a lot of plans, a lot of big things in in store for serious angler. And I'm really excited about them. We've been having a lot of internal meetings, trying to discuss and get things going forward uh, to get ready by 2023. um, Because we're pretty excited to have the partners that we do. Yeah. Basically the exact same sponsor lineup going into the next year. We might be adding a couple. Oh, we definitely are adding a couple. Uh, we're really excited to have that. I mean, it means a lot to us because those partnerships are, they mean the world and they help us do what we do just like the same way you guys help us do what we do. And we're excited to reward you guys for that. So look out for that. A lot of it's coming soon. I know I've been saying that and I, I promise to stick with me. Okay. I just need to keep reminding you guys so that way you don't forget uh, it is coming. I promise. Uh, But I appreciate you all. If you are listening on MP3, please leave us a rating and review, especially for you folks on Spotify and Apple podcasts. That means the world to us. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, please like subscribe and share this with your friends. Let's teach more people about bass fishing. Let's uh, let's share that education uh, and let's grow this sport and let's have some fun doing it. So appreciate (laughs) you guys. We'll see you on Monday for business from the bass boat. Talking about the NPFL and their new format that'll make it pretty awesome for, for Angler Fishing it, as well as we'll see on Tuesday night live with Fletcher Shriack. Appreciate y'all. See ya. <laughs> Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears of fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all and we'll see y'all on the next one.